In 1990, I had the great pleasure of interviewing Anne McCaffrey about the latest in her great series of novels about the dragons of Pern. I did my customary due diligence on this book, which is to say I read it, and I scribbled a longish list of questions about fantasy so that I could quiz this great fantasy writer about the fantasy genre. This turned out to be a trifle presumptuous of me. You can almost hear my notes flying past my ear as I suggest to her that this is a fantasy novel. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Not a bit of it. Then what is it? It's a science fiction book. I was going Just to Just because about dragons it. are considered fantasy creatures, that doesn't mean that my dragons are. In fact, there's a scientific rationale for their being fire-breathing. They have two stomachs, and they chew a phosphine-bearing rock, which they digest in their second stomach. And, of course, it produces a gas, and when the gas hits oxygen, as every child now knows, if they've been doing their GEC properly, it ignites. So you have a rationale for fire-breathing dragons. And the dragons of Pern were bioengineered by the original settlers to... Uh, fit a niche in the ecology and defense of the planet that was badly needed at the time. So they are not fantasy creatures. Why did they need to and it, bioengineer, genetically engineer dragons? Well, uh, when the, in, uh, the first settlers got to Pern, they discovered that there was a menace that was airborne, and in order to keep it from eating everything green and growing on the planetary surface, they had to get it in the air. Well, they hadn't really brought any fighter craft with them because they were going to be an agrarian society. So they had to, you know, manufacture their own defense. And they noticed that one of the indigenous creatures of Pern was a little dragonette, oh, about 18 inches long. And these are the fire lizards. These are the fire lizards, yeah. which did breathe fire because Thread had been al along long enough for them to have needed some defense What's from Thread? It. Thread is a parasitic spore that falls from... Well, we're not quite sure yet. I know, and the reader will know in the next book. It falls through space, and as it hits the atmospheric level, um, friction makes it attenuate into what looks like a fairly substantial thread, but from, seen from a distance or from the ground, they look like thread. So the dragon riders of Pern protect the planetary surface from this parasitic menace. Okay. Now, in the course of the story... Uh, the origins of, of, of Pern's settlement have been forgotten, haven't they, by, oh, the, yes, by yes. the inhabitants? This is a, um, Dragon's Dawn was written at the beginning, and Renegades of Pern starts at about the same time of, as Dragonflight and follows on past what ha the action in White Dragon. So it's sort of a bridging novel between Dragon's Dawn and Renegades of Pern. Now, I've, I very much enjoyed the, um, the history. In fact, I enjoyed the history you tell in a way, more than, than the, the, um, the, the, the narrative story, the events. Which, which, which do you go for? Which turns you on the most? Well, what, what I go for is the interpersonal relationships and the human and alien relationships. It's basically a love story. It just has a lot of other things happening at the same time. Interpersonal confrontations and learning to survive on a planet that has, it has a hostile environment. Um, I only started to write a short story to improve the picture of dragons, and a million words later, I'm not allowed to stop writing about the planet Pern. Why do dragons exert such a powerful uh, influence on, on the human imagination? Now, I had to think about that, because when I wrote the short story, I was writing from instinct. But I found out that it was 
sort of in me that because I was such a brat as a kid, I had to rely on my animal friends, the cats and the horse, to be my companions. So I ennobled them with more graces and hairs and talents than they actually had. And I think every kid does that with his pet, his dog or cat or gerbil or whatever, even his goldfish. So the dragon is the amalgam of all the marvelous qualities we had in our childhood friends. Only this is a big 40-foot fire-breathing telepathic dragon who is our particular friend. So they, they communicate with the fire lizards, don't they? They can. Well, the dragons can talk to anybody that listens. In fact, they have talked to people who didn't expect to be spoken to by dragons. One of them was Master Robinton, who was I brought in as a spirit carrier in the first book, and he's dominated seven. It's pretty good for a spirit carrier. Can we talk about Robinton and the kind of um, life that the people live? It's, it's vaguely feudal, isn't it? It's feudal in that it is a survival situation. Most of the medieval feudal things were a group of people in a strong central position who were warding off intruders, marauders, invaders, whatever. And it's the same situation in Pern. They have a strong hold, which is why we have Bend and Hold and Ruatha and all the rest of them, in which people can live safely during time of disaster, which is Threadfall, which lasts 50 years. So you would want a strong man, a strong leader, man or woman, controlling uh, matters throughout that period, and you would want strong people uh, controlling the dragons who are protecting the, the planetary surface. But Robinson is a harper. He's not a, um, a holder. No, but you still need a dissemination of information. And in order to keep, quote, the language pure, or to keep um, th thoughts from getting too provincial, you would have a network of harpers um, going from hold to hold, uh, making sure that everyone's kept abreast of current events. It's sort of almost a, a clerical class well, without there being a, a religious... Reporters, they're not religious. I don't have religion no. on Pern. I get lumps for that occasionally, but I figured that was one problem Pern didn't need. We have had so many atrocities committed in the name of religion that I felt, okay, we don't need this one, so we don't have it on Pern. There are inevitable political overtones, and it... It almost sounds ridiculous to talk about politics in, in um, a book that's, uh, that's um, not a fantasy, but is fantastic yeah. and fantastical. But I think it is important. And in this feudal society, in a way, the most attractive character is the, the principal renegade, and the book is, after all, The Renegades of Pern. Yes. This woman, Fella, yeah. who is thrown... No, no, she leaves the yeah, whole. Yeah, she leaves of her own, of her own will. will. Yeah. And I had a great deal of sympathy with her. She, she was subject to a younger brother and was expected to behave in particular ways. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find a hold of my own. Mm -hmm. And she becomes a criminal, an outcast, yes. and, and a wicked person in the course of doing this. But I had a lot of sympathy with her, at least at the outset. Oh, good. I was hoping somebody would. And, well, I wondered if there isn't a, a political implication to, to not letting her be able to make it. Because we have another renegade in the South a man yeah. who makes a great success mm -hmm. of, of establishing his hold, and the woman doesn't. What are you telling us? I'm telling you that perfect power can corrupt perfectly. Uh, there are people who can use power constructively. And Stella started out okay. She had a certain code of honor which she respected in herself. Then gradually, the sense that she could do as she pleased got the better of her. Whereas the other renegade, 
Torek in the Southern Hold, has found himself an opportunity, but he's not selfish. He wants his whole family in on this, and he will bring in, he will bring in those that he hands picks, and occasionally he doesn't get those he would pick under any circumstances, but he makes good use of them. So he is a constructive power wielder rather than Thela, whom it corrupts. And there are other people, I wanted to portray that there are two sides to this planet, well, many sides to this planet, and they're not always fair and equitable, so it's not a utopia. But it is a working society that somehow manages to be constructive and to stay alive, which is what we want our society to do, to, con to continue the good parts of it and get rid of the bad. What part of Anne McCaffrey goes into these books? What, what is the special pleasure of creating your own world where you can decide that there isn't going to be religion and you can... That's power, too. <laughs> simple <laughs> megalomania? Right, simple megalomania. No, <laughs> um, as I say, Pern started out as a short story. John Campbell of Analog Magazine wanted me to continue because he felt it was a very rich material. And I gladly obliged. And it has grown into over a million words. And I keep seeing new aspects of Pern that I would like to discuss, uh, new ends I have to tie up. For instance, in Dragon's Dawn, I have left a homing capsule going back to uh, the home planet Earth. And what happens? Did it get there? Did someone find it? Well, I'll, I'll do a short story about that because it's not book-worthy, shall we say. But I will tie up other ends and then go on with the main story, which ge is getting rid of this menace. And what happens then, kids? Well, I have the answers. But it, it's been fun. It's like a, an immense chess game that I'm playing out. Um, I get input from people, for instance, Jack Cohen, who was senior lecturer of, of reproductive biology at U Birmingham University, has been invaluable to me in giving me the scientific rationale and the, and the expertise that I did not ever acquire in, in college. As Jack says, Anne, you're a very intelligent woman, but you are ignorant of many things. And I know that. If you accept that, you come out ahead because you're not too arrogant to say, well, I don't know. And there's a lot I don't know about Pern, and I discover as much when I write as anyone else. Anne McCaffrey, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Renegades of Pern is published by Bantam Press at 12,095, and it's out now.